Hey everyone, welcome to God, Growth, and Gaff. We are three guys in our 20s that discuss building and developing small church ministry. Join us as we DIY big dreams and visions for small churches together. I'm Nathan. I'm Josh. And I'm Dylan. And we are glad to have you here. Well, everyone, we are back and better for season two. I hope you haven't missed us too much, but I know for sure that we have missed you. Any life updates that you guys want to give between the ending of, when was that, the like middle of July to now, right? Any life updates or any new fun, exciting things happening in your guys' life? Well, uh, me and my family ended up going down to Cumberland Falls, Kentucky and rented a cabin over there. Beautiful place, took some beautiful pictures. It was a great week to get away. I've been in Illinois. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not much. Just been just been here. Um, it's been crazy around around the church here. Uh, it's also been crazy with the startup of of this semester of school and everything because I work part time um, at the college that we're uh, that's in our town, and so things have been nuts with getting started with that. But it is finally somewhat calmed down, and so I'm excited to be on season two. Awesome. Yeah, and speaking of school, I know that I'm in my last year of my graduate program at Moody Theological, uh, Go Archers. So just dealing with that on top of like what you said, Josh, a lot of picking up here around the church, but it is good to be back, and we definitely missed getting together and doing this. So you might be asking yourself, what the heck could we be talking about to start season two? I for sure was. I know you were. That's exactly why we're going to tell you today that we'll be discussing the creation and the direction of sermon series. Oh, yeah. See, I think a lot of people might not be able to fully tell all that goes on for a sermon series and what makes the work into a sermon series pay dividends for the congregation and for the growth and fellowship that we have at the church. So we just want to discuss a little bit about um, how to make one, the practicalities of it, and why they're important, and certain tips as to how to lead others through them as well in, in creating them. Like for us, we get to have a team effort with them. But above all, we just want to discuss the importance of spiritual leadership when it comes to sermon series. So I guess before we even really dive in, I just want to ask, is there a particular sermon series that has stuck out to you guys um, throughout your life that's really just stuck with you? And what made it so special um, and impactful for you? I, w- I mean, off the top of my head, I'd actually say the one that we're in right now for our church. Um, so we're doing a series right now called Villains, and what it's doing is uh, going through the seven deadly sins and kind of picking a person from the Bible that um, exemplifies that sin. Um, so, f- for instance, um, Potiphar's wife for lust, or Simeon Levi with wrath, and things like that. And so I think what what I've gotten from that is that Every single person struggles with one of these deadly sins in some way. And some people might struggle with a specific one more. Um, but in a way, I've been able, and we're only a couple weeks in right now, but I've been able to connect and see you know, areas of my life where I've been convicted of these, of these things. And like, what is gluttony, <laughs> right? Like, um, not many of us say, like, I struggle with this sin of gluttony, but... Um, I think there's the way that we've incorporated talking about this and, and kind of picking apart these, these things like a, like a case study almost, um, has really helped me to realize like, wow, I don't just deal with 
you know, a sin in my life, or, you know, I, I don't only deal with a couple sins, but it's like all seven of these deadly ones are like constantly kind of swarming around and, um, and they can easily in envelop you, you know, uh, like each and every day. I'd agree that, uh, the series has been most impactful for me. Um, it was exactly that kind of seeing where each sin falls in your own life and, uh, seeing how different people react to different sins and, the ability to kind of help people who are struggling with those specific sins the most, especially. Um, and then I'd actually have to say creatively, I'd go a different route. Um, the, what was like the vintage series we did? I forget the name of it. Miracle mixtape. Thank you. Yep. Miracle mixtape. Um, that one just kind of opened my eyes to how much fun a series can really be if you just put your heart into it. So, Mm. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd say for myself, we did a series uh, like a few months ago called Seven, and it talked about the seven churches in Revelation and the letter that John writes to them on behalf of Jesus. Um, I I don't know if we did as much creatively in that series as we've done in other ones, but I think just like, again, Dylan, like what you said, like the heart that was put behind it in the content and even the design and the purpose that it served as a series as a whole I think was really impactful and getting to preach two of them, you know, or technically four churches, but it was a lot of fun, you know, getting to to push myself in an area that usually I'd be scared to address, and also knowing that other people, right, may not be comfortable with reading Revelation. So to have a series essentially introducing them to the book was really just something that was challenging and fun, and yet still something that gave away uh, truth for people to take and to walk with. So... If you want to check those out, they're on our church's YouTube. Um, but so we discuss how sermon series really can have an impact, right? Um, you can have your one or two one-off series of just sermons that you need to fill in for a week. But when you really put in the work to create a series and to really be focused on it on a spiritual perspective of praying for your people, what do they need to hear? What do they need to know? I think that really changes the game for the church ministry specifically on how you can help make the Bible stick better and obviously let the Spirit lead to speak to them within those scriptures to really learn and grow. So you may be asking yourself at this point, what makes a good series? Well, that's what we're here to discuss. I think, yeah, first and foremost is what does your congregation need? Mm. And and that's that's dependent right on the spiritual leadership of of praying about it, of investing in the people in your ministry and knowing, you know, what is it that your congregation needs? Because maybe your church needs to have a series on giving, (laughs) the thing no one really wants to talk about. Um, Or maybe your church needs to just have a series on like, hey, God loves you, right? Um, And maybe, maybe you've experienced in your pastoral leadership, like people who are just um, hurting and, or their mental health is struggling. And you know, you need to talk about a series about like just God helping you through that. And, um, and so I think first and foremost, before any creative thing takes place, before any trend takes place, it has to be, what does your congregation need? Because if your congregation Mm -hmm. is full of hurting people, the last thing they need is a series about sin and what, what all they do wrong and, um, and, 
or giving or whatever. Like if, you're, if your congregation is full of people who are just in desperate need to find love, you better be preaching about that. Hmm. But if you're full of a congregation about people who are just going to church every week because it's the thing to do and they're happy and blah, 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 then maybe that's the time to hit them with something that's a little bit more convicting, right? And so I think in the in the first and foremost, that makes a good series uh, because a series can't be good if it's not what your congregation needs. Right. That actually kind of brings me back to what Nate was saying about the seven series. Um, there's a reason that each of the seven churches had something different or Jesus had something different to say to them. Um, so that is what should also translate to churches when we're trying to choose a series is really just listening and applying that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my mind goes to second Timothy three sixteen. right? All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. And in verse 17, that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. And that just reminds me, like, a series can have so many different directions that you can take it, but it's about knowing what your people need, right? Do they need training up in righteousness? That makes me remember of a series that we did on the armor of God and the importance of being trained up and built and knowing those things so that you can live your life in Christ and, and protected and knowing what you need to do and the readiness of the gospel or sometimes there's series that maybe your church has been, you know, goofing off or not really been focused on the mission of the church. And so you need a series that talks about, hey, man, this is what we're called to do and be as a church. So we got to get it together. And I think about even recently, you know, uh, we had a lot of grief kind of strike our church. And so we, you know, we real quickly whipped together a, a series that talked about God being good when life isn't, and just exploring the Psalms and and seeing how even in the realities of our heartbreak and our suffering and the hardships of life, God is still good. So it really ties into the importance of listening to the Lord, listening and knowing the Scriptures and diving in, but also listening to the people, because if you're just speaking to a crowd you don't know, well, the message isn't going to stick or hit at like it should versus if you did know who you're talking to and the things they're going through. With that, you know, you, you might talk to people and see what they're going through, but that doesn't mean people are going to come to you with ideas for series. And if they do, sometimes they might not be great. So <laughs> true that. Um, so knowing, knowing your congregation, knowing the Bible is also <clears throat> kind of step one, right? Is that like, um, knowing their hurt or knowing knowing how they are in that in their certain point of life is also dependent on how you take that kind of to scripture and 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 what scripture says about that and how then you build a series around that and so i would say the the second most important thing is to make it creative right is that is that if you're if you see <clears throat> sorry if you see that there's um a person in your congregation that, or not a person, but but your entire congregation kind of is is giving you the the feeling of of hurt. Um, you can't just say, okay, then we're gonna read Psalms one through uh, twenty three because those are all happy and God is good, and that's that's fine, but that's not creative, and that's not going to bring people into that series, mm. right? So as as leaders, and whether it's 
whether you're the pastor making this or whether you're um, a creative team or, you know, if it's a, it's, if it's a group of you doing it, it's how well do you know the Bible to then put it into your own words and, and something that's relatable in today's context. Yeah. It helps you really speak to your people in a way that they know you, right? It, you kind of get to find your voice in relation to the scripture and say, Hey, not only does God see you in your situations or maybe in your celebrations, but I see it too, and I want to speak to that as well. And, and it really engulfs the totality of the way Scripture is transformational. So I think that's always a good thing. Yeah, another one of the uh, really important parts of creativity and having that in a series is um, the, the modern church has moved a lot towards that because it's the easiest thing you can possibly do to reach people who are unchurched. Um, so that and the missional aspect of creative series, um, that's why so many new churches are doing that nowadays is because they realize we have to reach a generation that's so utterly lost, it seems like anyways, and so within the world that um, we have to do so in a different approach. I think as, as you were saying, you know, as soon as we get down the idea that we are listening to our people, and most importantly, that we're biblically based, right? That we're taking it straight from scripture and not eisegeting um, all of the text, which is which is just taking scripture and saying what we want it to say rather than taking what scripture is saying. Um, if we're listening, if we're eisegeting, not sorry, <laughs> if we're listening and exegeting, um, then creativity, like you're, like you were saying, is the way to reach people. Because I'm sorry, but most people today are not going to hear, oh, you guys are doing a, a series called James, I'll be there, you know, or you guys are doing a series called Numbers. <laughs> um, so we have to, I, I mean, firstly, you know, after we, after we get those creativity, we have to think of a good title. Um, and, and so like you were saying in the, in the past ones that we've kind of done, seven. It's ambiguous. It's just a number, but it's intriguing. And then, um, villains or miracle mixtape or heroes. Like there's, there's all these things that are kind of one or two words that are very important, um, to be the tagline because that's how people are going to remember them. People aren't going to remember. This is the series that talks about why Jesus loves his churches and, and, or, or the letters to the churches of Revelation. No one's going to remember that, but they'll remember seven, right? right? Mm. And so um, it, you have to start thinking create, creatively after you get these these first and, and formational things um, as a pastor, as a creative team. Like how how is this going to stick with people and how is this going to be made into kind of a brand, right? And um, coming from a coming from a creative perspective, each series that you do, whether it's two weeks, whether it's eight weeks, whether it's whatever, it has to have its own brand along with it. And so if you think of your series that way, then you're not going to make them into something that's super hard to understand. Because if you think of a brand, right, Target, you think of the circles. If you think of um, Chick-fil-A, you think of the, of the logo and, you know, all these things and, and if you think of some random brand called like Jeff's Automobile Shop on Third Street, bro, you ain't got no idea. But <laughs> but if you think of it as um, you know these 
these short little taglines, that's going to stick with people. And so if you want your sermons and, and the, the biblical truths that you're trying to portray um, in these messages, if you want those to stick with people, then you first and foremost need a good title to the entire series to make your brand stick. Yeah, I think too, even to that, the, the best way to summarize all that you were saying is to be intentionally simplistic. Yeah. I think if you try too hard to play all your cards in the front, right? If if you call this a series that Jesus died so that he could resurrect and give us a better life, it, it, too, too much, man, too much. Call and, that Easter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, cool. and, and the goal is, is to make it simple, like you said, Josh, simple to make it remember, but there's also an intentionality behind that, that it draws people in. Right, because if you yeah. just play all your cards on the table, well, people are going to make so many preconceptions of your series before it's even started. But if you play it just enough, where you're not missing the point of the series, you're not taking away from the biblical importance of the series, but you're still giving just enough for people to be like, "What seven? What do you mean, villains? What, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. S- summer soundtrack? What could that possibly mean?" Exactly. It gives you the opportunity to let the sermon series draw in without making people guess and, and put essentially their own perceptions upon the series. Exactly. We want to we want people to ask questions so we can give them biblical truth and response. I I was listening to um, a sermon from Passion Church, Passion City Church in uh, in Atlanta, and they did a whole series called Simid Map. And I, what? Yeah, literally. Yeah. I thought I thought it was I thought it was like a Greek word. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm intrigued on you know on what this what this Greek word could mean and how it uh, translates to the church. It was pandemic spelled backwards. Um, <laughs> Dang, <laughs> no way. And That's so good. Wow. and so like at first I was like, That's stupid. But then I thought about it more and I listened to that months ago and I still can remember everything about it, right? Um and it was about it was about how the church is today after this global pandemic and blah, 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 and, and all these things. But like, um, it was that like tagline on like, what the heck does Simid map mean? And what did, why did John write Simid map? No, he didn't. <laughs> Someone just took <laughs> pandemic upside down. So, uh-huh. um, so I think like you're saying, right, like that was such an intentional title because everyone knows that word. And if you were just to name your series, the church post pandemic, no one would care. No one would listen to it. It it would it'd be so boring. It, it would sound like a TED talk. But <laughs> and people would come in already assuming like, oh great, we're gonna talk about the pandemic and all this stuff, and kind of tune out what the goal was. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I I think we kind of take that same um, that same interpretation or that same ideology into making our series here. And I mean, we didn't. Sp- we didn't sit down and say, what did passion do and how can we do it? But it's what do people get invested in and how can, how can we see that? And I think the same thing with, with like TV shows, right? Um, I've been, I've been watching one called manifest lately. And, uh, if you know manifest shout out, but like, (laughs) but the, the whole thing is about, um, a plane kind of getting, getting lost and like five and a half years later, it, it, comes back and to the people on the plane, it was no time. And to the people, uh, in the real world, it was, it was five years and blah, blah, whatever. And if it was just named like the plane that was lost or, or 
five years later or something like that. I probably wouldn't have cared. But I was like, hmm, Manifest is a kind of unique title. I, let me just stop and watch the 30-second Netflix trailer, and now I'm on, like, season three. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right, it's like it's um, – that's a TV show, and we're a sermon series, and, and that's just to provide entertainment, and we're to change lives. <laughs> so, it's, so it's different, but it's yeah. the same marketing strategy, right? And that's – maybe we don't like that word in the church, but that's what it is to right. market – our product, which is a Sunday morning. Exactly. And the whole reason we kind of have this, the importance of titles is because not only are first impressions important, but the average like attention span of a human being is now shorter than a goldfish. So (laughs) we have to cater to that if we're going to, you know, be even somewhat relevant in a modern day society. Could you, could you repeat that last part? I wasn't listening. Huh? (laughs) Good one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you got me. You got me. Well, similar to the to the title of a series as well. I think, I mean, part of that what you said, Dylan, about the attention span also ties into the sermon series itself about being cohesive, right? You you want to make sure that when you're preaching and when you're making a series, it's to the point. And to know what that point is, is you have to do the exegetical work of the scripture passages that you're using, and really diving in and asking yourself. What is the scripture saying? I think one of the most dangerous things you can do with a sermon series is force scriptures to fit into the series idea. Because, right, you can start with a good intention of, hey, our people are struggling, so I need to find passages that speak to struggling. But then you start far-fetching all these things, and it says sadness in it once, so it's (laughs) got to be, you know, related to this sermon series, when in reality it's talking about something completely different. Yeah. And I think that's why, not just in the title, but in the series as a whole, you want to be cohesive with what it is that you're reading, what you're exegeting, what it's actually saying. Because if you don't, you run the risk of jumping through so many hoops just to say one thing, you know? And and Mm -hmm. you might try and pull together these 50 passages that are like, see, sadness, sadness, feel better. When in reality, you could have just looked at one place, one character, or one book and would have said, wait... This is exactly what it needs to say, because the scripture will do that. It's it's there for us to learn from. The question is, are we willing to do the work to be cohesive in what it's saying? That's good. Yeah, I think um, sermons can and series can be all over the place, right? There's all many types of sermons, mm-hmm. and Nate, you can probably say better what what a bunch of type of sermons are, but I know there's <laughs> exegetical and like a storytelling and I don't know. Expositional narrative and topical are usually the main three. Okay. There you go. So (laughs) and a talk. (laughs) Yes. No, we don't believe in that language here. (laughs) Um, So, right. Like we can take series in in all these different ways. We can have your classic three point sermon that goes off of uh, whatever that question is of, or whatever the, the topic is of the day, or we can, like you said, in, in topical, it can be, okay, today we're talking about sadness, so let's pick apart a bunch of different verses. Or it can just be a narrative of, we're talking about Joseph today, we're talking about the entire story, which would be a long sermon, <laughs> entire <laughs> story of, of Joseph, right? Um, and so those can all be made into sermon series, and so I don't want you know, as we're, as we're listening and talking today, I don't want you to think like a series just has to be topical. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because I've heard I've heard series about you know Joseph, for instance, um, and they've been weeks long, and it's just been the narrative of the Joseph story, but it's taking one part and taking his brothers, you know, who who threw him in the pit, talking about that for a week, then taking him in prison, telling the um, the story of the dreams or interpreting dreams. I mean, and that's another series, and like it's just walking through the narrative, and those are great, right? But a lot of times we might just call that the story of Joseph. And that's not terrible, but also you could say like from riches to rags and back. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Hey, that's off that the down. that's off the top. Um but like, you know, something <laughs> something like that. Uh and that's like, oh, what does that mean? And you know, once you say we're talking about Joseph, people go, Oh, okay. But but it's that original like in interest of how is this sermon in- interpreted and so i you know I, I just wanted to point out that like they don't have to be this series is is all about god being good this series is is all about um whatever it can be a bunch of different types just in a creative environment yeah i think i mean my mind runs back to uh the church i grew up in in kenosha wisconsin right our our current senior pastor did a series on just Psalms and I forgot what he named it. Um, but it was literally taking the expositional approach of walking through the series, the book, the chapters, sorry, of Psalms, (laughs) geez. And just kind of explaining like the variety that the author gives in just the book of Psalms. Right. And just kind of highlight some specific ones. And I thought that in itself was great, you know, and because I think so many times when you think of creating a series as well, it can only be topics. You have to do the topic of this, the topic of money, the topic of perseverance, yada, yada, yada. But I think sometimes topics can also just be the books of the Bible. I think just going back to what you said, Josh, it's just making sure that you incorporate that creativity because it ex- it gets people excited about it, you yeah. know. And and again, even to the point of being cohesive using the exegetical idea of even the book itself as a connection to the title. I think that would be great. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that it's, it's vital for churches to do books of the Bible. Right. And I, and I, I don't want anything that we've said today to say like, no, creativity is more important than just reading a book of the Bible. Cause that's very far off from the truth, mm-hmm. from the truth. <laughs> um, so if your church wants to do, a study on first and second Timothy, or if you just want to do a Ephesians study for six weeks, like go for it. Like, that's great. And even as we've said, you know, like if the title needs to be intriguing or whatever, it, in that context, it doesn't have to be right. If you just are saying, you know, here's six weeks on Ephesians, you can call it Ephesians, but you can't, (laughs) you can't let the graphics go aside, right? Like, um, it needs to, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, just things online of, Hey, we're doing a six week study on Ephesians and the graphics are super cool. And I'm like, okay, shoot, I'd go like, they look, they look good. It's not just a, um, 2004, like shiny <laughs> kind of glittery background with Ephesians and Times New Roman written, <laughs> written on the front, right? Comic um, Sans. Oh, no, literally. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Because whether you're in your 20s or whether you're in your 
seventies, like that's, it doesn't look great. And so, um, and people might not have the eye for that. Right. But if you really want to attract people with just your, um, books of the Bible series, and like I said, that's, that's an important thing to do. You have to work on your graphics. And so all of our, all of our graphics and bumpers and everything that we've done for our series here, whether they're topical or whether they're, um, a book of the Bible, like, um, I'm, I will spend hours <laughs> researching, you know, what have other churches done that might look this might look kind of cool. And I'll take ideas from, I mean, we did a, we did a series called like love stories and I just got an idea from another church that did like the heart of life or something. That's a John Mayer song. It wasn't that, but nice. <laughs> it's a great song. Though. It is a good song. Um, but I don't know. It was, it was like heart problems or maybe something, something like that, that I just saw online. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do something with that and just gave me the spark. And so I, I do want to say like, whether you're the creative person, whether you're the, the pastor who also makes the graphics, whether you're, you know, whoever else, like use online as a resource to, um, to develop these, these series, especially graphics wise. And so there's, um, there's countless websites that you can use. There's, there's VMC that has ideas. That's visual media church or CMG is church media graphics. Um, and they're mostly for like pro presenter backgrounds, but they also have sermons on there. Um, and there's Canva, which is amazing. Our pastor uses ministry pass, which is another online resource. And it's just sermon topics and sermon series and studies and uh and it's got some really cool graphics inside of it and I think it's it's pretty cheap it's maybe like a hundred bucks a year or something so so if you're you know maybe you don't have a creative person I'm sure somewhere online has these graphics that look good um and so it's not just you know your your average oh shoot I don't have anything let me just make a powerpoint real quick um because that also, like if it's, if the title might not be, you know, as we were saying something from, from rags to riches and back and, <laughs> and villains and seven and all these things, like, even if your title is just Ephesians with a good, um, with a good series graphic, it can really develop your people to have a, um, an interest in the topic. As we continue to talk about this idea of the graphics and tying it all together in a sermon series, I hope that you're understanding that there is an importance and a significance and relevancy of the way that you design and even promote a sermon series to the depth of what you're doing, because you can. we're hoping to show you that they can go hand in hand. The goal is to put good work with good exegetical work and good presentation and, and the last thing we want to focus on, too, and I would argue this is probably one of the most important aspects, is also the practical transformation that your sermon series provides. I think it's so easy to spend 35, 40, 45 minutes up front in the pulpit telling stories and talking about all these great experiences you had and yet not provide any practical takeaways for people to address or to reflect or to even look upon in their own lives. And so I think it's important that in your sermon series, you have to ask yourself, what will this do to help the people be more like Jesus? Mm. How will this series teach the people to look at Jesus, to be more like Him, to rely on Him, maybe even to confess to Him 
what is the purpose? What is the takeaway from the exegetical framework of the scriptures? What is the takeaway that people ought to do? Which I learned, I'm in a class right now called Communication of Biblical Truth. And what my professor, shout out Dr. Sutton, walks us through is that in preaching, there's a biblical idea, the hermeneutical idea of how you preach it, right? Which talks about the the expositional, the topical, the narrative, and the behavioral purpose of this of the sermon. Meaning, if you know the biblical idea and you preach it well, but the people don't change because of it, then it, it's going to kind of defeat the whole purpose of the sermon series because you've done all the work, but you're not putting it in the hands of people to know how to move forward. And so that's why I think when it comes to our sermon series, the importance of saying so grounded and rooted in Scripture that it really puts it right in front of their faces to avoid. And that's not to say you can't ever have a story or two in your sermons, right? Because you also want to show your experience and even your wrestling with the Scriptures. But if all you're preaching is stories, that's not really preaching. you got to give them something that they can take with. And the best thing as preachers that you can give is the Scripture itself. That's good. Yeah, I think as we as we've talked this whole time about this, the different ways to preach and this whole thing is like neither way is better than the other. You know, whether you have three points in a sermon every single week or whether you give a narrative every single week or, or a, or a topical, like they can all be very important and very good, but they all mean nothing. Like you said, if there's no takeaway. So in your, in your series prepping, it has to be what's the takeaway along with what's the topic for each week. Um, and that, that even goes you know deeper into how everyone else involved in the ministry can help, can help drive that point across, right? For instance, um, this, this week we are doing um, envy is, is, our, is our topic of of discussion, um, and our, sorry, our sermon topic, not topic of discussion (laughs) is our, is our sermon topic, right? We're preaching on envy and, uh, the, the worship team is doing empty by Torn Wells about like, you can have the entire world, um, and you can be on the absolute top and still feel empty and still feel like you have nothing. Um, and that is done with like kind of an orchestral type of band. So, so, in the planning, um, I, as the worship leader, had to f- had to figure out, okay, when is this week going to happen? Um, when, you know, are we are we preaching this so I can schedule the team that's more, you know, that we have a violin and a really good piano player and uh, potentially like a, a cello player and everything. Or sorry, upright bass, not cello. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the difference? And <laughs> and you know, seeing these things farther in advance. So when we can do songs like this or we, when, you know, we can do things production wise, like maybe a video that ties in or, or something else like that. It's like, we have to realize in the planning beforehand when things are going to be at so that the rest of the team can, um, can work your way around that. Right. And so as we're, as we're talking about that in our planning, we have to know what's going to come up what's, what's going to be the next thing. And so I know some churches who plan like a year in advance and that's kind of nuts. <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> right? Like, um, 
And I think there's there's positives and negatives to that. When you plan a year in advance, you don't know what the emotional state of your congregation is going to be, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. if it's September, almost October now, if we were to plan until next October, we we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so, so, but I've also heard of churches, you know, who it's it's the very end of the series and it's then then you know it's wednesday on the next week and it's like you know we should probably figure out what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks (laughs) so and that's that's a real struggle for any any other part of a creative team or a worship team like we've talked about yeah so like for example uh if you were to plan a year in advance like uh, the first thing you mentioned what if a church had planned a year in advance but like let's say January of 2020 and then, you know, COVID hits, <laughs> everything flipped on its head and your entire rest of the like year could just be irrelevant. So I feel like the balance is important. Kind of figuring out how far do you want to go with this predicting needs, but without predicting them too far and being flexible at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, even in a practical sense, right? Like who are we to plan our future when the Lord knows our steps However, I would argue with that, that that doesn't mean that we and ourselves can't be prepared as well. And so as we've taken some time to look at, right, the meat and potatoes of a sermon series, I think another important aspect of sermon series planning is the planning itself, right? Um, Talking about, like we've been discussing right now, the calendar uh, year. I mean, obviously as churches, there's specific things that we celebrate, Good Friday, Easter, Christmas, which is an Advent season. I mean, it's not like it's a two, three week thing. It's a season of about a month long of just talking on the same focus of Christ and New Year's. I mean, there's so many things that impact what a series could be. And I think one of the most important things is just being mindful of that, right? And and there's a balance, I think, as well, especially with things that happen every year between tradition and trying to make things different and new. I think for us here, um, we do during the Advent season, um, what do we call it, Josh? It's, oh, love in Jesus' name. That's the one, mm-hmm. right? Where that's something that we do every year where we try and give back and love on the community specifically during the Christmas season. And yet every year it's a whole new series. Every year it's something that we've done differently, like Christmas at the movies. Um, and so it's just a good balance to be mindful of about, you know, how can we uniquely do something that we have to do every year? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And and realizing in that that there is going to be things coming up, so you probably shouldn't talk in March about uh, about Acts, about the church um, after after Jesus, you know, resurrecting and, and ascending, because in two weeks you're going to be talking. Well, I guess March would be Lent, so maybe February, you know, whatever. Mm, <laughs> you yeah. shouldn't you shouldn't talk in in a time right before Easter about what happens after about what happens after like you um mm-hmm. in your planning you need to know okay this is this is the time where it's about Jesus's ministry and Jesus's death and resurrection or christmas you probably shouldn't talk about you know Jesus's ministry in november <laughs> because mm-hmm. um because in a week you're going to be talking about his birth right mm-hmm. and so kind of keeping this understanding of like chronologically what happens within the church and there's flexibility right and you like like you were saying, you don't want every year to be the exact same thing. And obviously, people know the story. <laughs> That's um, fair. <laughs> I had a I had a friend once 
who walked in uh, to a church and said, you know, it's kind of a spoiler alert. And I said, what? <laughs> and he was like, there's a big cross against the wall. <laughs> so, That's funny. And so, so, right, like we know, we know the spoiler alerts, but it's also um, important to kind of dive into the, um, I don't know, the, I don't know the word for it, like the, the suspense, right, of, of Good Friday, you want that to be all heart-wrenching and you don't want to be saying, but wait, Sunday is, is coming and you don't want to say like the, the resurrection is about to happen. No, you want it to be, you want it to hurt because you, you want to see what the pain was that Jesus went through. Right. And mm-hmm. on, um, on the weeks leading up to, to Jesus's birth, right. You don't want to talk right away about, him being born and the angels singing and like on the first week of Advent, right? You want to build that suspense in. So although there, there is things where while we're in the church, we have to talk about Easter and Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if your church isn't doing that, that is step number one. Yeah, <laughs> Forget everything else we talked about. Talk about, talk about Easter and Christmas. But, um, but right, there is these things that like we have to talk about, obviously, but doing series, right, that are really kind of fun and different, right? And and I'm thinking about this past year, we did, like you said, Christmas at the movies. And that's a thing churches have done a lot. Um, but it it helps to say like, oh, here's Elf saying sing loud, or the best way to spread Christmas cheer, <laughs> singing loud for all to hear. And then, and then talking about the angels singing. Or in Easter, instead of just talking about um, right, his his ministry in the last week on on earth, like we normally would, we talked about, right, like the war, the spiritual battles that go on and ended it with like Jesus being the victor of those battles. And so, so we see all these things that we have to do in the church, but we can, we can, when we know that they're coming, because they never change, when we know that they're coming, we can take steps to plan really inviting and really different, um, kind of series around that. Um, and so, as we're as we're continuing to to kind of talk about series and the planning for the future, I also want to say that length is important when it comes to sermon series. Um, we try not to do anything over probably six weeks. We we just talked about now how we're doing the seven deadly sins, and that's you can't really do anything right. less than that. So <laughs> so that's about seven weeks. But we found um, for a more practical right. A more practical step that about four weeks is the sweet spot. So four weeks gives one, it gives the staff enough time to <laughs> to kind of get everything in place and and not have to constantly be thinking about new things. Cause if you're doing a two-week series every every single time, that's gonna be tough on your staff to have to mm-hmm. keep making uh, new things. But it's there's enough in the Bible for sure for everything you want to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we found that four weeks is is long enough, but it's not too long to where people start to kind of drown it out. We've done we've done a six week before, and by week five, <clears throat> you could kind of tell that the the feel of the congregation was just like, oh, here we are again. And mm-hmm. they're not going to say something like that. But when you know your congregation and you know their attention span and it's if it's the size of a goldfish, to do anything more than four weeks can get really dangerous. Um, and I knew <laughs> I knew of a church. I was friends with a guy my my freshman year of college, 
And he said his home church had been in Romans for five years. Oh, five geez. years. They they just walked verse by verse every single Sunday, which is which is really cool to do. And and you're gonna know Romans, but they were in it for five years. And he and they weren't even done that's by insane. the time he got to college. And that's so insane. I'm assuming they're probably done now, I hope. <laughs> Maybe. But, um I can almost guarantee you that that is not a thriving <laughs> and and missional church if they've been in the same thing for for five years there's a there's a balance between trying to drive a point home and making sure people can understand what you're saying and then beating the snot out of a series (laughs) for five years when a a kid can go from being born to being in kindergarten and you're (laughs) that gives perspective (laughs) i mean that that makes me think of like uh there was a church in my hometown that in a similar idea, they, they talked about Romans as a series, but they broke it up really well. So they, it, was, it was called Empires, and so it was Empires Volume 1, and it went through one section of Romans. Then they would do other series. Then they went back to Empires Volume 2. And I think they had a total of four volumes of, of studies in Romans, but it wasn't like this has to be one series that we get through and can't talk about anything else in the meantime. But it's the intentionality intentionality of planning the length of your series so that way you know like hey we could talk about this for 150 weeks or we can break it up and and save some parts for now and really dive in save some parts for later and really dive in and not have our people locked in for the next five years of their life talking about one specific area yeah and that kind of brings it back to uh understanding the needs of your congregation as well and I can almost guarantee you they're going to switch up a little bit faster than five years. I yeah. mean, multiple times a year at least, um, especially if you're keeping up with your congregation and discipling them and like just understanding them. Um, it's the importance of changing things. And so when we talk about the length of series, um, the other important aspect that I think sometimes we don't always give conversation to is actually executing them. Right, I think so. So many times, there's plans that are dreamed up and and come to fruition, and then you want to change them so bad that you never actually execute the original plan. I think there's an importance to planning out your series, knowing what you're going to talk about, have it ready to go, and that way, when you do it, you're planned and you're ready to rock, and you can spend more time focusing on the content, right? The exegetical idea, like we've talked about and focusing on making that part deep rather than trying to add on, how about this idea and this idea, and let's change this completely. I think there's a lot of fruit in being prepared. And I mean, I think if we really care about a sermon series, if we really care about what we're going to tell our congregation and how to transform them to be more like Jesus, we should probably spend more time focusing on our our depth of the series rather than just trying to switch everything every two days and not being prepared. Because honestly, the, the lack of preparation will show in a sermon series. And I think that's one of the scariest things, that you could not plan out a series or plan it quickly, and it puts the whole thing in jeopardy. I mean, even for you guys on a, on a practical perspective, like for a creative team, how the heck are you going to be creative and pull together something in two days when if you had just planned it, hey, in a month, we want to talk about this series. Let's lock it in. Let's do it. Let's have the layout. 
boom. That way you don't have to worry about interrupting your process just to pull something together. And how about this idea? No, 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 no. You want to stay focused on the execution because the minute you start pulling away from that, boy, oh boy, are you going to see some problems arise for your creative team and just for everyone involved. And mm. as you're, as you're talking about executing this, I, I want to say that, you know, if you're a part of a creative team and, and listening to this series go way beyond creatively the graphic and the bumper video, mm. right? Like for instance, the one we're in right now, we're doing like a mystery um, online each week. And so there's a, a place, a time, and a location that people have to show up at and they get like an Amazon gift card. Um, and so we're doing that like like two weeks. And so it's just something online to get people to interact more and to mm -hmm. you know think about throughout the week. Is it leading them more towards Christ? No. <laughs> no, an Amazon yes. gift card unless they're buying Bibles with it, um, is not necessarily, <laughs> right, like a a spiritual development, but it's something to keep your congregation invested in and and to, to keep them thinking about, you know, even, even seeing posts about a sermon series can remind them of the sermon that they heard on Sunday. Mm, and so yeah. there's things like that or things like, um, I know my I have, we have a friend um, who works at another church who will probably be on the podcast soon, um, who, you know, their, their church, they did a whole at the movies thing and they had this crazy big, it was, they talked about the Mario movie. Um, and so they had this crazy big kind of like Mario Kart race in the middle of their lobby <laughs> and, um, and just, you know, big things that can, that can really be fun for your congregation that can really just take it more than just a Sunday morning, you know, and just another, another average, okay, you know, this series, we're talking about this, and the next one, we're talking about whatever. But it's like, oh, you know, this series, we're hanging up records on the wall, and we have people playing video games in the lobby, like just, you know, crazy, crazy things like that. Um, so that way, when we do plan out, and when we do execute, you know, months in advance, people can really kind of get the entirety of the series, rather than just, you know, switching it up a couple days before and trying to scramble to do the bare minimum. Mm. Yeah, I'd say as church staff, working at a church can be a whole lot of fun. And I think what we're trying to kind of invite people into is how much fun, like, learning about the Bible can really be. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole reason behind these fun series is, like, we want them to also enjoy it as much as we are uh, because, well, the gospel's pretty exciting. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why... There's a diligence in planning it out, right? When you have a direction, you can really, like you said, Dylan, like when you know what's coming, you have more of an opportunity to make it fun rather than just prepping the bare skeleton of a series and saying, well, if it's about to change on Thursday, what's the point of setting something up? But when you're really committed to the planning and the execution and knowing that that's the direction you're going, like you said, you can have so much more fun with it. And it's I think just on a practical, personal level for the staff, it's kind of a feeling of accomplishment. Like, man, I was able to put something together. I was able to, you know, through the guidance of the Spirit, through the power of planning with, with the Lord, it's like, dude, this is actually pretty hype. And the people will notice it too. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's, again, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, we're doing it for the people. We plan for the people. And we want to lead them to know Christ and to be more like Him. And with that, I think we've covered all that we can cover. So we hope, like we said, more than anything, 
that you see the joy, the importance, and actually a lot of the work that should go in the sermon series um, and how planning it and preparing it and executing it can pay off dividends for your people, for the church, and for the mission of Christ. So, in our closing, we got to bring back, as you already know, the question <laughs> of the week. Um, I will have to say I am stealing this from our young adult group discussion yesterday, but the question of the week is this. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? But there's a catch that whoever gives their answer, the other two have to decide kind of like a downside to it. For example, if I have if I choose the power of teleportation, the other guys could say, yeah, but you don't get to choose where you teleport, and it's at random. So it's kind of like something like that. So if you had a superpower, what would it be? I'm going to say perfect pitch um, so I can I can hear anything and automatically know the key of it. It might not be a superpower, but it's it's kind of cool. Well, the only catch is you can only sing in Latin. I was going to say, I would say the downside is you don't know any of the lyrics of the song. So you would hum it perfectly, but you have no idea what you're saying. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that for <laughs> sure. And then people would just think I'm extra spiritual if I'm singing in Latin. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Santo. I'm singing like Pizza Angel, but it's in Latin. <laughs> That's awesome. That's epic. Um, I think my superpower, I listen, I say this answer every time because I truly believe that this superpower would be the most practical. It'd have to be super speed. I do everything really fast, wash dishes quick, mow the, lar- well, mow the yard quick. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, your catch is that you can't turn it off. Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> you try to take a nice a nice walk, and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Stroll in the park? No, sprint in this park. Jeez. Sprint in the park. <laughs> okay, I would go with... I'll stick to the same answer and say uh, super strength. Super strength. Okay. No, th- there's, there's got to be some. I'm the, sure. You might be super strong... But that means you also weigh as much yep. as you can pick up. So like you you weigh... I just ate my words. <laughs> you weigh like five tons. Oh my <laughs> word. Yeah. That's little... I was thinking that. I was like, but half of that strength is given to having to carry yourself because you're having... <laughs> It gets kind of deep. Gets in a car and it like falls through the <laughs> asphalt. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> wild well everyone we want to thank you for joining us and and coming back with us to season two we're excited for all that we have planned we'll have some guest speakers some other topics diving into the practicalities of church ministry because after all we want to focus on god growth and gaff will you pray with me father we thank you for today we thank you for just the opportunity to have these discussions and to talk about the joy that you've given us in getting to prepare sermon series Lord, we want to pray for all the churches and people listening uh, to see the work that we can put into the things that you do. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the church and the opportunity to serve you in such a close capacity of ministry. And we pray for all the church leaders that you may continue to lead them, guide them, and draw us to be more like you as we lead others to do the same. We love you, Lord. Thank you for today. Amen. 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 All right, we'll catch you next week.